Hello guys and welcome to Oton Champions League uh, fifth match day. We are going to analyze only the games we have on Tuesday, of course, with Dani Fisichella and Alvaro Romeo. How are you guys? Ciao. All, all, all really, really, really well. Yes, and we have very good games. Barca, Benfica, Man United without Solskjaer, Chelsea, Juventus. So let's analyze all eight, uh, every single game, all eight games with you guys and uh, with everyone who wants also to comment the video, ask any question to Alvaro or to Dani or also leave a comment below in the comment section. And of course, don't forget, as we are writing down, please like the video, subscribe and click on the bell to get notifications. So now let's go on with the show. Looking good. We are looking good. We are going to start with Group E and we travel to Kiev. Dynamo Kiev, Bayern Munich. We saw a surprising defeat of Bayern Munich. Only the second one in the Bundesliga. Lewandowski score again, but as I said, they lost against Ashburg. Uh, Dynamo Kiev, Danny, they are doing well in the Ukrainian league, but as we saw in the reverse fixture in Munich, the gap between these two teams is too high that I guess we only can look for odds uh, with Bayern Munich as the winner in this game. For how bad Bayern Munich were at the weekend, I think uh, they'll have to react and this is going to be, uh, you know, for Dynamo Kiev a massive challenge, not only to win the game and to get a point, but also to go through in the group that is very uh, difficult. Okay, Dynamo Kiev at home, domestically, they're doing well. They only lost one game. They won 6-1 at the weekend. So they are level with Shakhtar. Very competitive Ukrainian league uh, this year, probably thanks more to Shakhtar than to Dynamo Kiev. And the good news for Dynamo Kiev is that the weekend they rested Shaparenko, Sidorchuk, Zabarni. You know, they are full of Ukrainian internationals. They did really well in the World Cup qualifiers, helped the team to qualify for the playoff. They got rested, so they're going to be slightly fresher. But really, what sort of hope do they have to go through? Uh, pretty much none. They are the only team in the Champions League with Malmo not to have scored a single goal um, in, the, in, the, in the Champions League. Uh, they got five more games to play in this, in this year, then they break until February. I got the suspect that in February we won't see them in Europe. Look at the numbers. Third from bottom for attempts on goal in this Champions League. They had... Three attempts on goal against Barcelona in two legs. So it's the average 1.5 attempt on goal against Barcelona, against this Barcelona. Only 10 corners taken so far in four games. Bayern Munich has taken 21. You might want to go for the Asian handicap corners there. But my bet, my suggestion would be uh, go for a Bayern reaction after the appalling performance at Osburg. I know Alvaro knows all about it. Bayern to win 2-0. Pays quite a lot, I think, 2-15. Bayern to win 2-0. Bayern Munich scored 17 goals in this Champions League. As you mentioned, Dynamo Kiev scored zero goals. And as Guido is telling us, Alvaro, every time Bayern lose, there is an immediate uh, reaction, uh, bouncing back, scoring a lot of goals. Guys, I'm going to ask you to make a guess. How many goals do you think that Bayern has scored this season in all competitions? Go for it. Tell me, a guess. 
73. 73. 73. Yeah. Let's not forget that they scored uh, over 10 in a cup game uh, at the beginning of the season yeah. in August, but it is very impressive anyway. And uh, I totally agree with uh, the assessment of one of our followers, Guido, was it right? Uh, yeah, mm-hmm. that the last time that Bayern lost, then they were bouncing back with a heavy defeat over their opponent. And I do believe that this could be the time for Bayern to bounce back. Uh, Daniel has done a very, a very good picture and a very good evaluation of what Dinamo are. I think that against Barcelona, they were competitive, but they are missing um, a good striker in the box. That's for sure. In fact, when I compare Dinamo Kiev and Shakhtar Donetsk, I like much better Shakhtar. I think that they got a more distinct style and uh, a lot of quality in the team. Dinamo Kiev, I don't like them that much. And I believe that some of the Ukrainian um, young players, they have to step up. And maybe this season is key for them. But Bayern, as uh, we know, they lost this weekend to Augsburg. They are still topping the Bundesliga, that's for sure. Uh, they got some internal issues with Kimmich, for example, who decided not to take the vaccine. Well, he's suspended with no salary now that he's in self-isolation. And, uh, you know, a few players won't be ready for this game. I believe that Coman and Sule won't be ready to play. Upamecano is suspended. And one of the biggest problems of Bayern this season, and this will uh, become more apparent and obvious uh, as the season goes by, uh, I think it's their uh, poor bench. Uh, Bayern has a very good uh, lineup. Uh, I believe that uh, two or three players in the bench can be competitive, but the rest of the team is not that good. The squad is not that uh, wide and big or deep as, for example, Chelsea's squad or Manchester City's squad. Uh, that's why I think that the winter break is going to be key for Bayern. This season they are going to have a, a short winter break, uh, 19 days only, but that's more than in the rest of the big European leagues. Uh, as I said before, Bayern scores so many goals, 73 this season, that uh, I'm going to think that they are going to win comfortably here. So the Asian handicap minus two for Bayern, that pays 214, and that is my favorite bet. Actually, we have to take a look at, this, at that market, Asian Handicap, uh, PC in Antipod is telling us Bayern Munich uh, minus one Asian Handicap, another one to score over 2.5 goals for Bayern Munich or 0.5 for Bayern Munich, the line, so odds around 2.0 are in minus 1.75, so of course the bookies expect an easy victory for Bayern the Munich, so do we. This is uh, Dinamo Kiev, Bayern Munich, but the interesting game and the important game in this group uh, for the qualification is uh, in Barcelona, in Camp Nou, Barça, Benfica. We saw on Saturday the first game with Xavi on the bench uh, and in my opinion we didn't see a lot of improvement. Barça had the ball, but uh, they conceded many chances. Espanyol could have uh, drawn the game in the second half also. The goal came from a penalty that you will tell me, Álvaro, but in my opinion it was not not a penalty and Benfica can be a tricky rival. We saw them in Lisbon when they beat Barça easily 3-0. Barcelona is too favorite in my opinion here. I yes. wouldn't trust them. Yeah, but this has been a constant throughout the season. Uh, answering to your question, that was not a penalty on Memphis Depay. At least uh, the way we all understand the penalties and the way we all have understood penalties. Uh, in all our lives, really. This is a VAR penalty or a modern penalty. Not VAR penalty, because VAR wasn't checked, but uh, a modern football penalty. I believe that Barcelona's problem is that this summer they lost 59 goals uh, when Antoine Griezmann and Lionel Messi left. 
they didn't replace these uh, goal scorers with anybody uh, of that caliber uh, because Luke de Jong is not that player. And uh, two guys who could actually step up because they are young. One of them is fresh, young and fantastic. And Sufati and the other one is a very fast winger. Like Tembele, they are out. So everything relies on all the scoring um, products scoring, sorry, uh, scoring production of uh, Barcelona relies on Memphis, uh, who we know that he is a very good player, but this is a season which is key in his career, because he has to prove in a big team that he is uh, big team material. Uh, if Barcelona wins, they are qualified. If Barcelona uh, uh, wins this game, Benfica is out. Uh, for Benfica, the equation is different. They must get at least a point uh, because uh, Barcelona is playing in the last game against uh, Bayern uh, at uh, Allianz Arena and I think that Barcelona cannot win again there, realistically. Uh, Barcelona has many absentees. I said before, Fatih Dembélé, Kun Agüero, uh, who may be set to retire as well, that is not official yet. Uh, and many players from the academy will have to play. Uh, and Barcelona, as I said before, don't dominate the boxes. Uh, when they win, they suffer until the end, as we saw uh, with Espanyol. And even when they play decently, they struggle to find the, the opening goal. They have to fight for every inch, for every meter. Uh, five teams in La Liga have scored more goals than them. That tells the story pretty well. And when it comes to Benfica, well, they beat Pasos Ferreira this weekend. It's a real shame that Lucas Verissimo is out for the rest of the season. This guy was capped by Tite uh, to play for Brazil uh, back in September. And it was a good moment in his career. Obviously, he won't play against Barcelona. And against Pasos Ferreira, they dominated. They conceded uh, a goal uh, first, but then they managed to come back, even though uh, they got uh, a late uh, second goal uh, in the 81st minute by Seferovic. Benfica is a very good team. They are tough to beat and they've got a lot of experienced players. So I am expecting here both teams to score. That's for sure. So that pays 168. A small margin for you. And Barcelona to win. Well, I'm going to choose that one just on a very plain and simple basis that one of them, in my opinion, is slightly better here. It has to be Barcelona because they are playing at home. And uh, Barcelona to win pays 170. I'm going to back this one, but I don't have the conviction that I would have two years ago when it comes to backing Barcelona. I agree with Alvaro. I can't trust Barcelona at the moment. You know, the Xavi reign just begun. He needs to normalize things first before we can really see his impact. And uh, yes, I mean, they did concede a lot of chances against Benfica, uh, against Espanyol. So did Benfica against uh, Bayern Munich. Both defenses are not spotless. Benfica, second top scorers domestically in Portugal. 27 goals scored, 1-4-1 at the weekend in the Taca de Portugal, 6-1 demolition of Sporting Braga before the international break. So they are a scoring team. What happened against Bayern is that the manager decided to rest Darwin Nunez and Rafa Silva for the first 50-60 minutes, probably because he thought, okay, we're not going to get much out of the game against Bayern, so let's target this game instead. And probably that was a good idea because that's really the game that Benfica needs to win. So I'm sure Darwin Nunez, who did well against Barcelona, scored two in the, in the reverse fixture, and Rafa Silva uh, will uh, play from the start. The issue with Benfica is that after the big, the, the big win against Barcelona, they only kept one clean sheet in the last eight. So 
the experience defense, yes, of course, but also leaking uh, goals, yes, and they got obviously the, 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 the striking powers up front. Again, another one that you could go maybe for corners, you know, the Asian handicap corners that we love. Uh, Barcelona have taken 25 corners so far, Benfica less than half, 12. So an Asian handicap corner uh, plus 1.5, plus 2 could be on the cards, but um, Barcelona at the back are concerning. Benfica not perfect. Uh, they need to win Benfica, as Alvaro explained. So I'm going to go for an over three goals, which is 208. If it ends 2 1, 1 2, 3 nil either way, you've not lost your stake. Yeah, most of the people expect goals in this game. Be careful because Barca have only scored two goals in this Champions League so far. And a lot of people also think that we can see a surprise. Uh, so the double chance, for instance. This is same, double chance for Benfica, pays 2.4 or Benfica plus 1, pays 1.85. So if Benfica lose for only one goal, you have your stake refund. Uh, key game, this Barça-Benfica. Then let's jump to another key game in Group F. Dani, we have uh, Villarreal, Man United, uh, Solskjaer finally is not going to be on the bench. Look, guys, uh, things can end in this life, no matter if you think that your job is going to be safe. You do it really bad and you go out. This is what happened with Solskjaer. We didn't expect uh, another disaster in Watford. So let's see what kind of Man United we see in uh, La Cerámica because Villarreal, they keep struggling. In La Liga, but in the Champions League, they are another thing, Danny. We saw in Old Trafford how Villarreal can be dangerous. Man United, in my opinion, they have more points than what they deserve in this Champions League. And still, they are favorites for this game. I don't think so. I can't see why they are favorites. Look, we always said, and I know Alvaro likes this theory, uh, the bookies, because most of the bookies are UK-based. They like UK teams, they like England. Yeah. There is a reason behind it, but please have a look at how disjointed are Man United, how disorganized they are. Yet, in betting terms, they are very unpredictable because a team that's got so much talent up front is always going to score goals. But I don't think that is the point about the assessment about Man United. Look, against teams that play a little bit open, uh, that press them high, they can find a way to score against them. They can find the spaces uh, to run in behind. They can find the brilliance. But against teams that are very organized, and Villarreal is one of them, we saw them struggling a lot in the Champions League. Of course, then Ronaldo came to the rescue. But the issue is, those games, they shouldn't be rescued. For the quality that Manchester United has, those games should have been put to bed earlier if they were a better organized team, which they are not. At the back, they are shambolic. Maguire, I mean, he can celebrate with his fingers in his ears as much as he wants a goal in the European in the World Cup qualifiers. He needs a holiday. The center of the park, it's a shamble. Donny van de Beek, finally, we saw him playing against Watford. Let's see if Carrick plays him. And then I think, you know, for a team that has got a, a goal difference of minus one in the Premier League, going to this game, top of the group in Champions League, is almost a blessing. They could do with a draw, really. Let's see what Carrick does. I can't imagine him changing too much. As I said before, the main problem for Man United is Ronaldo. In modern football, you need a very strong and solid midfield as Man as Real Madrid had 
uh, with Modric, with Kroos, with Casemiro, to sustain a 37 years old lack of running, a lack of pressing. This is a problem for Manchester United. They are playing Ronaldo far too many times, in my opinion, for them to develop properly. They're not gonna they're not gonna win this one. Okay. I don't think they're gonna they might score, they might go behind, they might score a couple, Villarreal, Asian handicap, zero to nineteen. A double chance for Villarreal is 1.64. Many people here, Alvaro, don't expect many goals under 2.5. Villarreal struggled to score, actually, in La Liga. Yes, they did struggle to score. And the problem with Villarreal is that last season they had a scorer like Gerard Moreno, who banged 30 goals in all competitions. And he will probably not feature in this game. And Paco Alcácer is just not feeling the... Uh, the boots of Gerard Moreno well this season. Paco Alcácer is not going through a good pro, uh, through a good uh, moment. Uh, Dan Juma, the breakthrough player of La Liga this season, could be out of the game as well. Uh, so there are many absentees at Villarreal. Even Etienne Capoue could not play and he is, in my opinion, the best holding midfielder that the team has. So there are many absentees at Villarreal camp and the uh, the fact that Gerard Moreno is missing is costing them a lot. Let's don't forget again that he was the uh, he was putting the end product of um, to all uh, Villarreal's attacking sequences last season. And the fact uh, that Villarreal didn't win at Old Trafford back in September it was because Paco Alcácer was up front. All due respect to Alcácer because he scored the goal, but in the first half he missed so many. Gerard Moreno would have scored those. So look, I look at the league form. Manchester United lost to Watford. Uh, Villarreal drew with Celta, but I'm going to stay away from that because uh, I don't take the league as a benchmark here. Benchmark here. Villarreal has seven points and is topping the group altogether with Manchester United, and both are doing quite badly, badly in their respective uh, leagues uh, currently. Villarreal, for example, has won only five games this season. But in the Champions League, they have been competitive. And uh, the fact that they got six points against Young Boys did have the job for them. Uh, I like Villarreal because they've got a massive uh, or a very good mix of uh, talent and physicality, possession-oriented players and dribblers. Uh, but as I said before, they are missing Gerard Moreno and Manchester United has Michael Jordan. Ole Gunnar Solskjaer described Cristiano Ronaldo after the game against Atalanta as their Michael Jordan. I don't agree quite much with Daniele here. I think that Cristiano Ronaldo is a blessing for Manchester United. I, don't, I know that he doesn't press a lot. But on the other hand, against Watford, he was the guy who had all the goal opportunities. He gave an assist to Donny van de Beek. So Cristiano Ronaldo is nowhere near a problem for me. He's basically the... the the solution for Manchester United in many ways. Uh, so for this game, I could go for the following. following. The Asian handicap plus 0.25 for Villarreal. Let me explain this a little bit. If they win, they win. If they draw, you get half a win. Uh, and the half a win will be 0.90, which is like a, a good return for your money. At least uh, you minimize your losses. But the Manchester United to win is my favorite one here. That pays 255. Just on the basis that Manchester United has much more firepower than Villarreal. And I believe that this in these nail-beating games still counts. You see a reaction from Man United. Uh, Lyle is expecting also that after seeing Ole out. But the draw is like the most likely outcome for many people. And I want to ask you because uh, Widow is saying something very interesting when Man United is in the pitch. Uh, three out of four games of Villarreal in this Champions League. Over 1.5 goals. 
all the games in Man United in the Champions League. So more than 1.5 goals in the second half. This page 2.0. And if we keep uh, watching Man United during this season, even the previous one, we see a lot of goals actually in the last 15 minutes. Danny, yeah. you are saying yes, you like, no, you're not. Because normally they need to correct what went wrong in the first 60 minutes. Yeah. That's the yeah. problem. So it, it, it is a sign of a not very balanced team. It, they yeah. are very dangerous. They are the, very dangerous because yeah. they've got in their squad uh, six players who have at least scored more than 20 goals one time, uh, one season in their career. Yeah. It's amazing. It's unbelievable. Yeah. This is exactly everything that Villarreal is missing. Tom is always telling us uh, Man United to will from behind, bet that yeah. uh, five times and you will get it uh, once uh, <laughs> correct at least. And this pace, very well, this group is very interesting because still every single team can be out of the Champions League or qualified. Even uh, young boys, they are playing at home in Bern against Atalanta. Danny, but we are seeing a much improved Atalanta. Your uh, tip was correct for Spezia. Asian handicap and they thrash them 5-2, even Zapato or Muriel that they always struggle to score with Colombia, they deliver with Atalanta. We saw young boys surprising Man United, but that was long time ago. I guess Atalanta should uh, do the job here. They should because they seem to be clicking into gears. Now they are fourth in the table, deservedly. They scored 27 in Serie A. In the last nine games, they scored 23. That's exactly 2.5 goals per game. That's a lot, including Champions League uh, games. And, you know, they are doing this also with some notable absentees. They are still missing Gozens, for example, who's by far the best wing back in Italy. But, you know, they got Zappacosta in the uh, transfer market and he's doing well. He's delivering good crosses, good assists. Zapata is sometimes unplayable when he's in form. Illicic in form well. And finally, Muriel, back on the score sheet. They were missing him since day one. He has a score, a bit of an injury, and he's back in form. They are recovering Pessina as well. Malinowski gave him a little bit of rest. So I think everything looks good. It looks coherent for Atalanta, who we said many times, it's a club with ambition, but it's also a club that somehow need still to get used to this Wednesday-Saturday schedule because, you know, it was a it's not a team that had invested loads in the transfer market. They buy young players, they need to be coached. But we're seeing, for example, with Kopp Myers, he's getting more and more minutes. So I think the best is yet to come for Atalanta. Uh, nonetheless, the weekend, they got a massive game against Juventus, but... Qualification is in reach for them, for Gasperini. In the reverse fixture, they kept a clean sheet, which is a rarity for Atalanta these days. They always leave themselves a little bit exposed. They always play the quite high line. Sometimes they might lack the cutting edge, the clinical uh, approach that costed them against Manchester United, for example. But uh, you can see the odds are good. They've actually gone up since the last time I checked. My one was 198. Now it's 205, uh, I would take advantage of this and I would go for a, a Bergamaschi win in Switzerland. Yes, I like also the odds for Atalanta to win, as simple as that, and it's uh, good, Alvaro, to see clubs like Villarreal or Atalanta getting bigger and bigger in Europe. 
It is nice. Atalanta to win, I like it. That pays 193. Uh, just don't forget, however, let me give a little bit of background on young boys uh, or team news. They can still qualify. That's important for the for the Swiss team. Uh, for Atalanta, obviously, it's time to capitalize on what Villarreal and Manchester United do in Spanish soil. And I believe that Villarreal and Manchester United are playing early in the afternoon, or sorry, late in the afternoon, but not in the evening, which means Atalanta will know uh, what happened in that game at uh, Villarreal. Uh, a general stat, anyway, about young boys. They can be dangerous at home. They have only two home defeats in the last nine European games. Manchester United couldn't, beat, couldn't win here. And, uh, you know, generally speaking, they are a team that is difficult at home, but uh, they are not having a good run at the minute. I mean, they have won only one of their last seven games in all competitions. Uh, I think that they are missing a lot um, key players from last season, like, for example, the goalie David von Balmos, uh, a guy who scored 10 goals last season called Fasnach, and Same last season's top scorer. And yeah, um, I think that the young boys, they are missing uh, important players like this because they don't have so many uh, players who can make the difference. Uh, important for them is as well that uh, this weekend they rested because uh, the game they had was uh, suspended to, due to a major uh, building work around the stadium Wankdorf. Uh, so, you know, they are going to be rested for this game. But as I said before, Atalanta was impressive against Spezia. They beat 5-2 the Italian team. So, for example, I could like the Atalanta to win, yes. And the both teams to score, uh, that pays 154 is not a lot. But uh, last week, I remember that one of our listeners was asking us, why don't we go also for the marginal wins uh, for people who bet a lot of money? So, if you are going to bet a lot of money and you expect a very good return from it, uh, well, uh, for example, if you bet 10, on both teams to score, you are getting 15, which is good enough, I think. So that one, I think that is uh, pretty much, I take it for third time, the both teams to score thing, so I'm going for it. The young boys, they are not playing the, since the 6th of November, as Alvaro is telling us. Uh, Atalanta over 3.5 goals is telling us CD. It looks like also everyone expects here both teams to score, also Guido, but uh, some others like Marco has some trust on young boys. I would take the odds for Atalanta, actually. But let's see. It's uh, also very funny, very interesting. The next group, Group G, we go to the north of France, uh, Lille, Salzburg. Alvaro, we are seeing one of the best strikers right now in Europe, Jonathan David. He scored two goals again against Monaco, even if he came back uh, quite late from the international break, playing for Canada, Lille still not clicking, only one victory in the last seven, but as they showed in Seville, they can be dangerous. But be careful also because Salzburg, they are topping this group. They played a really good game also in the Sanchez Pijuan. Oof, this one is super tough to call, in my opinion. It's very, it's very tough, uh, tough to call, yeah, you're right. Uh, because Lille, um, a little bit like Villarreal, they are doing in the Champions League the good work that they are not doing domestically. Uh, Lille, they are 12th in the league. And this weekend, yes, they drew two all with Monaco, which is always like a decent result. But they are still not clicking. Uh, when it comes to Salzburg, well, they beat Lille 2-1 in the previous encounter. That obviously can be taken like a, like the, a precedent to analyze the upcoming game. Uh, Salzburg, no that they will be through with a win, which is very important as well. They are playing away, but with a win, they are going through to the last 16 round. And this weekend, they drew nil-nil. That was the strange thing, because Salzburg had scored in the last 43 
games successively. And this weekend they haven't scored any goals. Uh, does that mean something uh, more looking into the future? Well, it's too early to say, but in the weekend they drew nil-nil, which is an oddity when it comes to this team. Uh, because Salzburg scores a lot of goals, because 18 different players have scored a goal for Salzburg this season, and because Adeyemi is uh, having a good run as well, a good run of scoring. So Adeyemi in one side, Davies in the other, this could be a game with uh, a good amount of goals, so I could go for the both teams to score, that pays 166, but my favourite bet here is the Asian Handicap Zero for Salzburg, that pays 216. With Lille, you know, I watched them week in, week out, pretty much, and I always wondering when is the season actually turning for them? Because you can see signs, you can see glimpses of things. Okay, now this is now the, the season starts now, but then they disappointed. They did the same against PSG, very good first half a few weeks ago. In the second half, dropped deep, and you know, they conceded two goals against Monaco. They were 2 0 up, deservedly. Jonathan David, no matter if you know, he played for Canada, came back was great. Score two. They could have done 3-0. And then in the second, they conceded a stupid goal in the first half. In the second half, again, they backed off, backed off. Monaco equalized and they could have actually lost the game a little. You know, it was good to see something a little bit different from Lille. Initially, you know, some old faces. Yazici, the Turkish, back in the starting lineup this year. He hasn't started much. Uh, David, of course, in a very good form, uh, playing with Timothy Wea, uh, Ilmaz was partially rested. I think with Lille, it's really the psychological approach to uh, games. They seem incapable this season of closing game downs, doing the hard the hard job, uh, no, grinding out results. Okay, they're missing, I think, a key player that is uh, Sven Botman a lot. Uh, the, 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 the defender has been injured. Last year, Lille was the best defensive league one also because there's a, a great keeper like uh, Magnan, but they conceded 21 goals so far in Ligue 1 after 12 games, if I'm not wrong. Only two clean sheets so far, but the good sign is that they don't lose many games either. They only lost one of the last six, as I said, against uh, PSG. Uh, I'm going to trust them on this one, and I'm going to go for an Asian handicap of minus 0. 25, which pays 212, is a good odds. Basically, if they draw, you lose half your stake. So risk, why don't go for it? Why don't you bet two units? So if you normally bet one euro on that, go two, because as I said, if you if they draw, you only lose half of your stake. Asian handicap, minus 0. 0.25. You, Danny, you have some trust in Lille, Alvaro in Salzburg. And if we see... Also, uh, the comments uh, section, everything is uh, thinking differently. That's why this game is very difficult to predict. Uh, someone like CD thinks that it's going to be a poor game in goals, uh, but uh, Dix is going for over 2.5 goals. Guido is being more clinical in second half. Uh, Lille draw, no bet, odds 1.72. Everything is very difficult, as Danny said. Uh, it looks like uh, Lille is turning the corner at every moment this season. We are analyzing that in our video for League and same as Olympique Lyon, but then they disappoint us. That's why this group is super fun. Again, everyone can still get out of the Champions League or qualify. Even Sevilla, who are the worst team in this group, only three draws. Now they are playing at home against uh, Wolfsburg, Danny, but Sevilla, they used to be a tough team when they are playing at home, not this year. 
not in this Champions League in La Liga. They are good in general, but they drop points this weekend against Alaves. Whereas Wolfsburg uh, is another team that is very difficult to trust. Uh, they were difficult to trust with Van Bommel. With Koffel, they were doing way better, but they played a bad game again this weekend in Bielefeld. That's why, again, difficult, no, this one. But I can see Wolfsburg improving, you know, since uh, Koffel mm. took over. Uh, three wins, one draw. They kept two clean sheets. Again, this was one of the best defense last year in uh, Bundesliga. At least they show good mentality. They were 2 nil down against Armenia Bielefeld. 2-2, Nemecha and Degos scored again. And in the end, they could have actually won it. They should have started the game, uh, obviously, uh, quicker. The good thing is that I think Kofeld, uh, which is renowned for uh, being really good, playing with uh, young players, is a flexible manager, plays attacking football, try to establish more possession base. But again, it is uh, flexible at adapting what he has. Uh, I think he's instilling more trust in the team, especially the young Nemecha. He has scored in every goal, in every in every game under the uh, new manager. He's the top scorer in all competition with six. Dehorst, again, back on the score sheet uh, as he scored in the Champions League. So um, I think uh, uh, Wolfsburg, uh, they need to be uh, considered for, uh, for this one. I'm convinced uh, they can find the net more. Van Bommel was playing a kind of football is a little bit passive, a lot of low blocks, waiting for the opposition in their own half. Uh, let's not forget, Wolfsburg could be happy with a point here because mm -hmm. the last game is Lille at home. So even a point here and a point with Lille could make it for Wolfsburg. That would be amazing if they qualify for the next round, both to score 193. But for Sevilla, this is a must win, Alvaro. That's why also many people are telling us both teams to escort. Uh, Sevilla must win, but they had left a lot of spaces when they are playing at home. We saw it against Lille, for instance. Yeah, we saw it. And Sevilla has been very disappointing in the Champions League. Uh, Sevilla is a team that at the beginning of the season, you would have said, yes, this is one of the best squads in La Liga. And it is a very deep squad. But you know something that is missing uh, this squad? Players with very different profiles. I think that there are six or seven players that they look to me very similar. And sometimes to turn the games around, you need the specialists. And Sevilla doesn't have many. For example, Brian Hill would have been a specialist because he's a, a quick dribbler, uh, but he's not there. I think that Banega, for example, uh, a player who played for Sevilla two years ago, was a proper specialist because was keeping the possession. You know, Sevilla has lost uh, some key profiles. Uh, that uh, make you be competitive in every possible scenario, and they are they are paying that. I think. In fact, I believe that they have been a bit uh, lucky in this Champions League. They should have lost, for example, in the match they won against Salzburg, but Salzburg, Salzburg was uh, not uh, particularly uh, clinical from the penalty spot. Uh, this weekend, Sevilla drew two all with Alaves. They are still the best defense in Spain, but they are not great. They are not perfect. And if they beat Wolfsburg, they know that they will depend on their own results to qualify for the next round of the Champions League. Uh, a few players are out. Navas, he's going to be out. And Nesiri, the best striker they've got, he's going to be out. Then there are some doubtful players like uh, Lamela, Delaney, Suso. Uh, but Sevilla's squad is far from depleted because, as I said before, they don't have a lot of different profiles, but they've got a big squad. So, Rafa Mir, Papu Ocampus, Oliver Torres could play up front, Munir, and that's good enough. That's, uh, that's not a very uh, downgraded Sevilla, let's put it that way. But they don't have the players to offer an stampede. 
they don't have the players to uh, create the perfect storm. They are lacking quality and they are lacking especially speed and youth. And this is something that Sevilla is missing a lot. And they are going to play against a team like Wolfsburg that they are going to interrupt the game as much as they can. You just have to check the stats. Uh, in the Bundesliga, they are second in cards received. They are third in fouls committed, the second in most clearances done. So this is a team that likes defending. But since Sevilla needs to win more, since they will attack more, and since they know that they have to make sure that Mecha and Weghorst don't touch the ball, because Wolfsburg has only two players who are actually dangerous, because these two have scored more than the 50% of the team's goals this season, I'm going to go for Sevilla to win. I think that the, Sevilla knows what the plan is. Sevilla should know who from Wolfsburg is dangerous and they should be able to tackle that. So Sevilla to win 181. I'm keeping this for the ACA, but the Asian handicap minus one for Sevilla is where you can uh, take uh, as much money from uh, your bet as you can, which is uh, 247. I don't see that much difference uh, in the way these teams play, at least in the Champions League. As the odds are showing us, Alvaro is going for Sevilla. Be careful also. A lot of people got their ACA ruined in the last home game for Sevilla. Sanchez Pijuan playing against Lille. But there are many people also trusting Sevilla. CDs trusting Sevilla. Dan, home team, also to win and Rafa Mir to score at any time. Let's see if Sevilla can make the job for sure. This is a must win for Sevilla. Then let's relax a little bit with the last group uh, because uh, Juve and Chelsea will go through, but we still have to know which team is going to be first in this group. And we learned that this is very, very important. Uh, when we were analyzing the reverse fixture some weeks back, we all expected Chelsea to win or at least to get a point in Torino, but uh, Juve made the job and now it looks like they've improved at least. We saw a better Juventus against Lazio. They deserve to win. They kept a clean sheet and that's uh, big news for Juventus. And Alvaro, I don't know if you see Chelsea, this favorite uh, playing, especially without Lukaku. We know that they can make the job as they did against Leicester. But uh, if they miss Lukaku, even if against uh, Juve, he doesn't play that good. Be careful with Juventus always. Uh, I mean, uh, Chelsea is favorite, yes. Chelsea are favorite. But to start with, and I don't know if Daniele agrees with me, I'm going to put some money on Juventus to win. No matter what happens, I'm going for that. Because he pays 580. 580, 580 for Juventus to win at the Stamford Bridge. Uh, it, the, the revenue is as good as an ACA and it is less speculative because it's only one game and uh, you just depend on one result. On a result, on a positive result for the two-time European Cup winner against Chelsea. Why not? Why not? I will at least put some money on Juventus to win to start with and then let's review everything again. Okay. Uh, Chelsea, is the best defense. <laughs> Chelsea is the best defense in the Premier League. They top the Premier League. They have conceded only four goals. The wingback, Rhys James, he's playing in the football of his life. Uh, yes. He has been involved in eight goals in his last, last eight Premier League appearances. Maybe Romelu Lukaku is not there, yes. But uh, Romelu Lukaku has been good at the beginning of the season, but he hasn't been spectacular. Uh, Chelsea won the Champions League without Romelu Lukaku. So uh, I think that they have the know-how. They know that they have to win this game to top the group and Chelsea is a slightly favourite. All that said, I'm going to put some money on Juventus as well because I want to. But uh, looking at it a little bit more deeply, again, Juventus, they beat Lazio in the weekend. They are improving little by little. In the Champions League, they have shown a very different face to the face they have shown at the beginning of the season in Serie A. 
Dybala, I think that he's going to be back. He said that he's physically okay. He's training on okay. Monday. Danilo is out, which is a real shame for Juventus, obviously, because uh, he's closing that channel very well. Uh, let's review the bet again. A clean sheet for Chelsea. 220. <laughs> okay, so the two the two things you said obviously don't go together because if it's a clean sheet for Chelsea, you I, 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 I absolutely know that, Daniele, obviously. And I say that twice. I mean, I'm going to put some money on Juventus because five eight, because it's of... a brilliant, yeah, because it's a brilliant revenue and it's one top team playing away to another top team. Yeah, I don't but see. I, I, I think I, I, it's totally, totally disproportionate. Uh, and then I believe no, that I think Chelsea... six is a lot, but you have to look at the way Juventus plays so far. You say he's a top team. Not sure. I mean, it's got it's got top players on the card, but the way they play so far, they've been played so far, it's not been the way as a top team should play. They're hardworking, tactically astute. Yes, of course, in the game against Chelsea, playing Chiesa as a number nine, it worked. They made it hard for Juventus to break the lines against Lazio. Pretty much the same. A counter-attacking team. They were without Dybala. They were without Bernardeschi. They were without Chiellini. Okay, they all stuck to the task. But they haven't really dominated the game. They played counter-attacking. They played in their areas, waiting for Lazio to make the mistakes, which they did. Reina. Uh, Dani, Dani, but uh, sorry, to, sorry, to te, sorry to interrupt here. Don't you think that Juventus to win is less speculative than Anaka? No, no. For, for, yes, because Anaka. On Anaka, you, you rely on four different games. In Juventus to win, you rely I, I, on I'm one gonna go, I'm gonna go. In fact, I'm going to go I'm gonna go for a nation handicap for Chelsea. I, I mean, I, my, my... No, no, I, I'm going to rephrase this again. When you do Anaka, you rely on four different games, four yes. different referees. Yes. Anything can happen. Injuries, not only 22 games, 88 players. 88 players, four games. <laughs> In the Juventus Chelsea, you are relying on a top team playing away. And Dybala, in one chance, he can score a goal in one free kick. Uh, Chiesa, he's a fantastic striker. Then if Bonucci plays with the league, why not to think that Juventus can have a good defensive performance? That's what, all I'm saying. Since his favorite. But Juventus to win pays so much, almost six, that it's worth putting one unit on it. That's all I'm yeah, saying. I, I, I can see the logic, but if you if you approach the game logically, if, I, if you only have one unit, I would never put it on Juventus, okay? If that was my last two unit. units, one for Juve and the rest for okay, so what the logic says. Yeah, this is what I said from the beginning. Two units. One for Juve. The other one for what logic is telling you. Okay. I think Juventus won't dominate this game. They haven't dominated games. They could take the most of some moments of uh, the game. Uh, They can also play for the draw. So maybe the double chance X2 could be okay because a draw guarantees a top spot. But my pick is one unit. Asian handicap minus 0.75 for Chelsea, which pays 191. So if Chelsea win by one, you win half of your stake. So Chelsea is, I think Chelsea are going to win by one or more, basically. Mm-hmm. Chelsea, actually, also some people like CD is uh, trusting on Juve. A uh, few people, I think, trusted Juve when they played at home against Chelsea, and more people would trust uh, Juve with these odds playing in Stamford Bridge. But let's see um what we have uh, for sure is going to be an interesting game despite that uh, both teams are qualified then our last game of this group uh, malmo zenith uh, malmo alvaro mentioned them before one of the worst teams in this champions league they didn't score a single goal they conceded 12 in st petersburg we saw how zenith was way better 
especially Danny, because this Zenit was, uh, they were very disappointed in the last Champions League, but in this one they are competing. They put uh, Chelsea and Juve in some trouble, even if they lost, and they won the home game against Malmo. That's why these odds uh, look tempting, and probably they are not even scared of the cold right now in Sweden. No, I think they should be used to it. And for, 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 for as much as Malmo are concerned, uh, they are very low for uh, uh, attempts on target. They had four attempts on target in four games, haven't scored a single one in the Champions League uh, like uh, Dynamo Kiev. And look, I think Malmo are really poor. They haven't been in the Champions League for so long. And they must have their eyes on the league because the Allsvenskan at the moment is the most exciting league of the world because there are up to four teams that can win it with two games to spare. And Malmo at the moment, their top Jurgarden plays this afternoon, which I'm sure you will follow. So they will yeah. leapfrog them. Also, Ike and Elsborg are in the mix. But, you know, jokes apart, they just need two more games, Malmo, to win the title again, uh, despite dropping points against Haken at the weekend. Uh, so uh, the chances of qualifying for the Europa League are pretty much zero, minimal. I can't see them beating a very experienced team at Zenit. As I said, the league for them must be the priority. Asian handicap minus 0 0.5 for Zenit, which pays 201, so doubles your uh, your stake. Or you can go for Zenit out, outright winner. I mean, it's actually even better, 215, really. The odds change all the time, Czechospedia. For the best odds, 0 0.5, Zenit 201. So Zenit to win and qualify for Europa League, of course. Yeah, Zenit to win, as simple as that. Looks good to me. Alvaro, James is telling us also both teams to score. What do you expect uh, in this game? The thing is that Malmo uh, hasn't been prolific in this Champions League. So, and uh, I'm being too generous with my uh, labeling of the Swedish team, you know. Uh, of course, you know, uh, you can uh, you cannot go um, scoreless forever, that's for sure. But uh, that is not the market that I will go uh, for uh, in this occasion. Uh, if Zenit wants to qualify, uh, they know that they have to win, of course, if they want to qualify for Europa League football. Uh, if they win, they, they have that guarantee as well. And uh, Zenit, they are scoring many at the minute. They scored five, they won 5 1 um, last uh, weekend. They topped the table in Russia. They have scored 16 goals in the last four league games, which is a lot. And Juba scored a hat trick on Friday after a very slow start of the season. So, Zenit to win, Daniel said 205, that's fantastic. The Asian handicap minus one for Zenit, that pays 292, and I'm going to keep it for Mayaka to make it slightly more juicy. Impossible to trust Malmo, that's for sure. Marco Stelinas over three goals, uh, odds for that at 2.35. It's not great, great, but uh, I guess we should expect also goals as we saw in Russia. Then this is all. Actually, we have uh, the four groups that are playing on Tuesday. Analyze, guy, but guys, but still, let's go with your ACAS and let's start with Alvaro. Yeah, uh, let's do it. Uh, Bayern to score in both halves, over 2.5 goals in the Young Boys Atalanta game. Sevilla to win, an Asian handicap minus one for Zenit. That pays 14.45. And I never do this, but I could do a variation, a slight variation. And instead of the over 2.5 goals in the Young Boys Atalanta, I could go for Atalanta to win as well. Uh, and that will pay 17.54. Okay, two options. Then uh, trusting Sevilla again that ruined our ACA last time they played at home. Danny, let's see yours. 
in my ACA, I also have Atalanta uh, to win, but let's start with Bayern to win the first half away in Kiev. Lille, double chance, 1x against Red Bull Salzburg. I think the French champions should be favorite. Zenit to win, as we said, we assessed it already. In uh, Sweden, Atalanta, of course, uh, to get the three points, total odds, 976. All right. All your ACAs are slightly higher than Juventus to win in Stanford Bridge. Slightly. Slightly, slightly. More likely. I think it's more likely. 40% more, which is uh, quite a lot, actually, if your stake we'll, we'll, is high. We'll speak on Wednesday. We'll see. we'll see. Thank you, guys, as well, as always, for analyzing this new match day with us. Thanks, everyone, of course, for the comments. We had a lot today. You can still leave your tips, your prediction uh, for every single game in the comment section. And don't forget, click on the like, subscribe and click on the bell to get notifications. Tomorrow you will have the other video for the Champions League, for the Wednesday games for sure. And we will see you very soon. Thanks. If, uh, Edu, if, you, if Juventus wins, uh, I think that Danny should grow a moustache. <laughs> it's think You've got two weeks for that. Okay. All right. To grow a very nice mustache. For the right. next, that, that, that uh, we, okay, we, we speak on Wednesday. Okay. And I will save mine. <laughs> Thank you, guys. Another bet then. Thank you. See, right. you. See you later. See you later. Bye bye.